Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So if you haven't been hiding under a rock for the last 24 hours, you know that Tucker Carlson is interviewing Putin. Not sure when that's going to happen. Maybe today. That might have been yesterday. I'm not sure when he's going to release it. But obviously, whether you think this is a good thing or a bad thing, you have to admit this is big, big news. So let's go over to Twitter because Twitter can be a, a dumpster fire at times, <laughs> but it gives us a good idea of the opposing views on this and whether or not it's a good thing or a bad thing. And of course, people can get very, very emotional over there. So let's start with Twitter and then I'll give you my thoughts after trying to understand people's position, who I may agree or disagree with, but people who I respect, and um, and we'll just take it from there. So let's go over to Twitter. And uh, when I saw this yesterday, my I, I was literally shocked. I mean, I, I it, the, the only thing that I could compare it to is the feeling I had when Trump won the election. Like, and I'm not saying these two are the exact same or anything. I'm just saying about, I'm just talking about the way I felt as far as just kind of like, what? Like just completely being shocked, I guess is the only word that I can use to describe that. So I, I tweeted this. I said, unbelievable, real journalism is still alive. I said, really hope Zelensky accepts Tucker's interview. If you didn't see this announcement that Tucker Carlson made, he uh, said clearly that he also reached out to Zelensky and he hopes that Zelensky will take him up on his offer to be interviewed as well. And one of the other things that he said, which I thought was amazing, um, is he said that he was going to do this without editing the interview. Wow. Uh, when is the last time we saw any interview on the mainstream media that was not edited to fit whatever narrative they were trying to push. So then I said, let's also hope that Tucker asks some tough questions. Uh, but I, I do have a feeling, uh, I, my base case is that he will. Because look, if you're Tucker Carlson here, and let's just assume that he's not a plant from Russia or any of these things, or an, an inside operative, which we'll get to that in just a moment. But assuming he's not that, he, he realizes that there's a lot of pressure. I mean, this is obviously the biggest interview that he has ever done in his life. I mean, I mean by an order of magnitude. So if I'm Tucker Carlson, I'm, I'm cognizant of that. I've been doing this journalism thing, or at least in the mainstream media, for the last, let's just call it, I don't know, how long has Tucker been doing this? Like 25 years? So he's got some experience. There's no doubt about that. So if I'm him, I'm understanding that this is the biggest moment in my professional career. And therefore, I'm going to be very thoughtful and incredibly careful about the questions that I I'm not going to go in there and wing it. I'm going to go in there and have everything written down. And I'm going to have questions set up to where you, you can't make them disrespectful. Because again, you know, it goes back to relationships with, with people, regardless of whether you think they're psychopaths or not. You're going to get more out of someone using sugar than you are with salt. It's, it's just the way we're built. So you, you can't go in there and start attacking um, or else it's just going to go nowhere. So you know, it, it's, it's, he's going to have to walk this tightrope to being respectful, but yet asking questions that are challenging and then also asking other questions 
that maybe might not be so challenging, but just from a standpoint of being able to hear Putin's view. Now, whether you agree with his view, whether it's straight propaganda or whatever it is, it's still someone's view. And I think that if we go back in time and look at a similar scenario, let's just say in the 1930s, and we would ask the question, would you have liked to have seen an interview with this person during that time? I think regardless of what side you're on with this debate, the easy answer would have been yes. And um, I'm always reminded, and I'm not sure the exact saying, but it's something to the effect of the best thing that we can do with bad ideas is expose them to sunlight. So we, we don't, if, if someone's got really bad ideas, let's just say that you're actually a racist or something like that. We don't want to censor that person. And in fact, quite the opposite. We, we want that person to talk. We want everybody to hear what that person is saying. So then people can debate that people can dissect that. And then on their own, using all the other information, they can see that this view is is well. I was just going to say bad, but I don't think that summer. I don't think that uh, that describes it well enough. That this view is just, um, although it may be their view, the the view based on what we know. Um, well, I guess that that their uh, view is inaccurate. Let me just put it that way. I think that's the most politically correct way that I can say it. So um, this this is, you want people to talk. If you think someone's crazy, or if you think someone's views are quote unquote dangerous, the, the last thing you want to do is censor that person. And if you believe that we should censor this person, then basically what you're saying is that your fellow Americans just aren't smart enough to see they're the bullshit. And it is true that some people might not be assuming that this is going to be all propaganda, but then it comes back to the trade-offs that we talk about on this channel all the time. What are the costs and what are the benefits? Not just now, but long-term. So anyway, let's get to some uh, people's views. So we start off with this person. I'll try to, I guess I don't really need to hide their name. It's all public. Uh, Real journalism question mark. This is disgusting. There's a kid named Evan Gershevik sitting in a gulag, he is a real journalist. And so my rebuttal there, and I know Evan, I, I see, they talk about him all the time on the Wall Street Journal when I do research for the videos. I said, yes, he's from the Wall Street Journal. This is tragic, but I don't see the downside in American people seeing an uned- unedited interview with Putin. And if you want Evan to be freed, isn't it more likely to happen the more interaction Putin Putin has with the Western media. So I I think that as we go through this, regardless of what your view is, just imagine going back to the 1940s and a a Western journalist going over to uh, and interviewing Stalin or uh, right now, a Western journalist going over and interviewing the uh, uh, Kim Jong Un is his name, I, I believe, the leader of North Korea. Would that be a bad idea? I mean, you could say, listen, this guy's going to lie. He's going to do this. He's going to spew propaganda. It's it's and 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 we're we're risking that the American public is duped by this. Um, okay, but also we get insights, and people are able to. I think people are smart enough to be able to sift through that and differentiate between actual facts and 
propaganda and then come to their own conclusions. But at the very least, at the very least, people are able to see and make that decision on their own. And people are, people have access to more information than they otherwise would. And on net balance, I don't see how that's ever a bad thing, right? But let's keep going here. There's my buddy, Jason Burke, always a good follower on Twitter. And then you have the majority of the people uh, saying that this is uh, a good thing. But then people like uh, this gentleman, um, basically, you know, not to get graphic here, but you guys can see what's going on. He said, summary of the interview. Um, okay, but uh, again, let's just say that it is this, right? Um, are we worse off on net balance? And and another thing that I'd like to point out is this sets a precedence moving forward where now all of a sudden, uh, assuming this, this goes well, um, as far as from the standpoint of both these parties, Tucker and, and, and Putin, to where this opens up dialogue. I don't know. I mean, we are dealing with a time in history when the probability of World War III and nuclear war is extremely high, relatively speaking. So if this is true, I don't see how dialogue with the person that has access to hitting the red button for that nuclear bomb, I don't see how having as much dialogue with that person as possible is a net negative. You know, I'd like to just have you guys think about your own life with your spouse, with your kids, with your coworkers, with your friends. How many of you have sat there and gone back and forth with someone via text message and, and, and you're just incredibly irate and, and they're, they're making you mad and you're you're thinking that they're stupid or they don't understand your view or they're being intentionally dogmatic or stubborn or whatever it is. And you just go back and forth and back and forth for two hours and you're just getting more and more and more angry because you're going back and forth in text message when and then you actually sit down with them face to face and you're able to communicate and then you resolve your issue within the matter of five minutes. And it's simply because you weren't speaking with them face to face. So there was so much of, of our ability to communicate was lost in, uh, in translation because so much of our ability to communicate is nonverbal. So uh, and again, what's weird too is if we go back to Reagan, you know, this is the approach that Reagan took that some would argue resulted in communism being destroyed, or at least the, 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 the communist systems that were in place in Russia and bringing down the, the Berlin Wall, right? Because Reagan's philosophy was, or a strategy was, you know, to keep your friends close and your enemies closer. And even if you think this person is detestable, even if you think they're morally reprehensible, it's still a better tactic to try to get them to do what you want, and in this case, prevent World War III, by actually going up to that person and, and having a conversation with them. Because a, a lot of the concerns that I saw online is that this is humanizing Vladimir Putin. And we shouldn't do that just because he is such an evil human being. But what, what's interesting is they don't look at it from the other direction. That yes, okay, it might be humanizing someone who uh, is, is evil or a sociopath, a megalomaniac. But we are also humanizing ourselves to him. Right, we're, 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 uh, Tucker Carlson is representing in this case Americans, and and it's having the exact same effect. 
Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Jason Hartman, real estate, and Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. So let me keep going. I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent here, uh, but let, let's keep going. What I want to do to get some more, um, you know, very, uh, I guess, emotional and, and very, uh, uh, well, just some, some other opinions on this that are very heated, to say the least, is going over to uh, Peter McCormick's account. Now, if you don't know Peter, really good dude, really good guy. And he has the podcast what Bitcoin did. And so I have spoken with Peter uh, maybe two or three times. Uh, I've gone back and forth with him uh, on DMs and whatnot. And he, he's, uh, uh, again, he's a really good guy and he's someone that I have a lot of respect for. But he has, a, I think, a very different view on this Tucker Carlson issue with the um, interview. So let's kind of try to understand his perspective. And again, he's retweeting this about, that's the, uh, journalist with the Wall Street Journal, Evan, who unfortunately is uh, is is locked up. But but again, my argument there would be, okay, do we have a better chance of him getting out if Tucker Carlson goes over there? I would argue, yes, absolutely. Because if I'm Tucker, that's one of the questions I'm going to ask him. It is 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 about Evan, and even when the camera's not rolling, I'm going to that you know I I'd bring that up in a in a, as a respectable way as I possibly could, I'd say, hey, well, you know, what's what's going on with Evan? Uh, I know the guy he seemed like a pretty good guy, and just hear what he has to say. Again, I, I don't see any downside to that. You know, what's the alternative? The alternative is just to never ever to speak to this guy, which increases our chance of World War Three, and I, I would argue decreases the chance that we get Evan out. But let's get. Uh, so uh, Peter here says, God help anyone who can't see through this BS. Russia is not the other country in this conflict. Russia is the invading country. Okay. Um, I, I think that's a, a very fair view. But again, let, let's do a cost-benefit analysis. And are, are, are there risks? Yes. Um, but are, are there benefits? And, and again, let's look at this through this standpoint of what the American people deserve. At the end of the day, Amer I believe Americans at large deserve to hear from Zelensky. They deserve to hear from Putin. Now you could say George, you know, Putin's X, Y, and Z. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I agree. I dislike all governments equally. I, I, I you know, and that, look, you guys know that I was the one that was out there waving the flag when everyone was out there, to, you know, with Ukraine flags, everywhere saying, look, why are we putting this guy up on a, or why are we putting any government up on a pedestal? Let's remember that we're for the people, whether it's 
Ukrainian people, Russian people. No, this we are against governments. So it, it's not. This is not a, a a question of good versus evil. No, 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 no. This is a question of evil versus evil. It's just the the, the debate can be to what degree are these two entities evil? <laughs> this is not good and evil here. We're talking about two governments, for heaven's sakes. But going back to my main point, I think that the American people deserve and want to hear from Putin, even if it is straight propaganda. And and by the way, let's go back to giving the American people some credit here. Do, do you really think that people are going to be going into this without their guard up? Just, just you know, as though they're just taking anything that is said in this debate and just being spoon-fed, and then that's what they're going to believe moving forward. And even if they do, on net balance, is that a bad thing? Because that would be a cost, but what are the benefits involved? Not just now, but long-term. See, this sets a precedent to where we can set up a line of communication with these people and uh, people that we don't like, people where we've drawn this, uh, this you know, figuratively speaking, this wall of uh, where we don't communicate with one another. If we can bring down that wall, no matter how crazy or bad or evil these people are, I don't see how that increases the chance, or I don't see how that doesn't decrease the chance of us escalating to a point of World War III. I'm not saying that eliminates the probability or that eliminates the chance at all. I'm just saying it decreases it. And I don't see how we shouldn't be applauding that. But getting, uh, let's open this up here. Um, okay, so, you know, a lot of the people are coming down on Peter. And uh, to be fair, he, this guy says, you know, he's coming down on him. And he said, and Peter makes a point uh, of saying that he didn't say that he didn't want to hear from Putin. He's just very critical, I guess. Um, I, I guess he's very critical of the terminology that's being used, which, you know, again, I, I would say that kind of is coming from, more so from a standpoint of uh, emotion. But his main point here, and a lot of the points that I've seen made, is this is just straight propaganda, this is propaganda, this is propaganda, this is propaganda. But the, I think why that argument is tough to make is because even if it is, do the, do the American people deserve to hear this? The answer, I think, is unequivocally yes. We obviously should not be censoring this, for heaven's sakes. And does this decrease the probability of World War III? And I think the answer there is unequivocally yes. And so on, on those grounds alone, I think this is a net positive, regardless of what you know, dead-end roads that open up in the future as a result of this proactive measure. And I'm talking about uh, Tucker Carlson reaching out and saying, hey, could we interview you or can we interview Zelensky? Again, I think what we have to do is go back in time and just imagine that we lived in uh, you know, the 1930s or the 1940s. And do we think it would have been positive? And I, I don't know if there were people that were interviewing the, the, the Mussolini's or the, the guy that ran Germany, which I probably can't say on YouTube. You guys know who I'm talking about. Um, the, the, you know, uh, I don't know that there were journalists that were, but I think that if there was, most people would argue, hey, that's a good thing. Or let's just say, you know, Japan prior to uh, Pearl Harbor or something like that. You know, would that have been a good thing? Would that have reduced possibly the the risk 
that that would have happened or reduced the odds, most likely it definitely would have would not have increased the odds. Another thing that I uh, that I that I do recall from history is that uh, during I believe it was this maybe was after World War II, there were quite a few reporters that went over to uh, Russia to get a taste of communism. Because back then there was this argument that this was a uh, economically superior system and that uh, they they came back just saying, oh my gosh, this communist thing is amazing. And everyone can go to the theater and get free healthcare or whatever it was, right? Uh, but what was happening is the Russians were just showing them certain parts of, let's just say Moscow, right? And just showing them the good parts. And then they're hiding absolutely everything else. You know, they're hiding the bread lines as an example. So when the reporters came back, they had nothing but good things to say. And I think that's what the uh, what Peter is, is maybe concerned with here. But I would argue that even though those journalists came back with all these wrong impressions of Russia, now looking back on that, hindsight being 2020, was was that a net positive or or? Or negative, and I would argue it's absolutely a net positive, because now we see what really happened, and we exposed this debate between capitalism and communism. We exposed it to sunlight, and we allowed people to come back and have their opinion, and yeah, 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 yeah. And then we have other journalists that come back that show the breadlines, and then you can have the people like uh, let's just use Milton Friedman as an example that can come in and and debate these journalists. And, and then we can open up a dialogue about this. And then at the very least, the American people can have a more educated view. Uh, that's my opinion on this. And I'm, I'm really uh, quite excited to, to see how this interview plays out. Uh, I don't know if Putin speaks English. If he does, that, I don't know if he could communicate his view concisely using English. Um, but even if he doesn't, if he has to use a translator, uh, I'm very curious uh, and, and cynical, of course. I think, uh, I think to be cynical about this is very healthy. But I still think this is something that overall we should applaud, something that's going to on, uh, and, and something that's going to be beneficial to Americans, the West. Um, it's going to decrease, likely, uh, World War Three, although it's not obviously doesn't eliminate the risk, but I think it decreases it, and uh, it it it's something that hopefully will open up doors to further dialogue uh, in the future, and maybe just maybe just maybe uh, this could start to uh, build more trust, and even if that is building trust with a psychopath, it goes back to what Reagan did. It goes back to the saying that you keep your Friends close, keep your enemies closer. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. We'll definitely follow this story and see how this plays out when Tucker does up, uh, post the interview. I'll go through it, give you my comments. Uh, until that time, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism, and free speech, freedom of the press, real journalism. And let's remember that the premise of free speech is allowing people to say things that we don't like. We'll see you in the next video.